jobless claims ticking back down. GDP coming in well above the expectations on the third read. Economy here seems to be firming and markets are recalibrating. Bonds are selling off pretty hard here. One of the highest 10 year yields we've started a session with over the last couple months and year to date. Lizanne Saunders here to help us make sense of the economy and how it works with the stock market that's been in somewhat of flux. Uh, she's a chief investment strategist at Schwab's Center for Financial Research. Lizanne, quite a morning here. Tell me what you think. Obviously, GDP revision was better than expected, and that's a pretty big jump for a, uh, you know, a, a follow-on read to the initial uh, print, and a lot of it was accounted for by increased consumption, which um, it, it doesn't really defy logic, but we are getting to the point where excess savings is expected to be sort of fully out of gas by September, October of this year. So whether this is a last gasp or whether we, we just have the labor market keeping that spending uh, afloat and then claims, of course, coming down uh, significantly. And that had been a little bit of a worrying trend. And not that one week of a move down is, is a new trend. Um, these are very volatile numbers, but uh, there was welcome relief there too. But as you have been pointing out, you saw a rip in bond yields and that's what brought futures down a little bit pre-open. Does that suggest uh, there is some sensitivity in this stock market to rates still, Lizanne, as the last couple months we spent quite a bit of time talking about how stocks and yields had been okay and kind of living in some degree of harmony? Yeah, I think really what the market is now keying off with regard to movements in yields is the growth backdrop. And then indirectly what that means for the, the Fed. The market was so much more keyed in on inflation data and yield moves that were tied to that. Now I think whether it's you know yields up suggesting the economy is looking a little bit better and what that means for the likelihood of uh, another rate hike or two. So I think it's keying off the growth message from what yields are doing more so than the inflation message. Hmm. With uh, the dollar firming yesterday, when Powell spoke alongside central banks, what will you be looking for, Lizanne, if all of this adds up to higher than expected terminal rate from the Fed? Is uh, that something we should be considering here if these data add up like this? Um, uh, yeah, that's certainly uh, possible. You know, Powell was deemed as as hawkish, as were other central bankers in, uh, I think it was in Portugal yesterday. Um, I'm not sure he, he said anything unique relative to what was said during the June FOMC meeting and the and the presser that followed that. He, he was still sort of open-ended in terms of, yeah, July's a live meeting. We might not be done. You can infer that we've now gone from every meeting to every other meeting because of this uh, pause. But um, I think this, at least on the margin, moves the needle even further toward a likely hike in July. And we have to remember that July is one of those sort of off meetings that doesn't have the publishing of updated dots plots or the summary of economic projections that won't come until the September FOMC meeting. So from this point through the July meeting toward the September meeting, it's going to be a function of things like Jackson Hole and just chatter and, and jawboning that comes from uh, Powell's and other members of the Fed to get a true sense of, uh, of the likelihood that they go beyond what looks to be a hike in July. 
Okay. The uh, potential for the rotation we've been talking about in equities, does that go up on days like today when the economy is showing good numbers? Is that uh, what we should be looking for, a little bit of different participation? Yeah, I mean, when, when you get stronger economic numbers, uh, at least recently, it has tended to, at least in the short term, benefit small caps because of their more domestic bias to it. And as you and I talked about uh, yesterday on, on your program, I think the one thing to be very mindful of within small caps is not to go too far down in quality when you look at an index like the Russell 2000 that doesn't have any kind of profitability filter and still has a decent share of zombie companies. I think you want to be really careful about avoiding those. And, uh, you know, another small cap index that maybe isn't as benchmarked as the Russell 2000 is the S&P 600. And that has a profitability filter. And what's interesting about that is you have a 10 point spread in terms of the forward multiple with uh, the Russell 2000 trading at 24 times forward earnings because of the lower quality nature down the spectrum versus only 14 for the S&P 600. So I think some additional participation from small caps is possible given stronger than expected domestic um, activity. But I'd be really careful about uh, not going too far down the quality spectrum. I think you still want to stay up in quality, not just in small caps in general. I wanted to revisit that point you made to us yesterday, which is about the Russell being kind of a proxy almost for some of the same things that credit might tell us in terms of quality of companies and what they're doing. Uh, remind us again for those who missed that. I thought it was a super interesting way to look at the small cap space. Yeah, so it does tend to be impacted more acutely and more quickly by what's going on in the credit markets and relatively calm, relative calm in terms of spreads, I think has been to the benefit of small caps. But the other thing that is very connected to spreads is the VIX. And I think the VIX has been incredibly low, which helps to explain why spreads have not blown out. But but that VIX is being biased down by what's going on in the options uh, market. When you look at single stock volatility, it's a lot higher. When you look at things like increasing bankruptcies, I think there's more trouble brewing under the surface than what would be suggested by simply looking at either credit spreads, particularly high yield, and the VIX. And that's the kind of thing that could sort of turn on a dime. Um, and I'm not suggesting it's imminently going to do that. I, I just think investors need to be mindful of that and just not on the surface look at either the VIX or credit spreads or some combination of the two of them and say, you know, nothing to see here, nothing to worry about, especially when you look at the huge increase in bankruptcies starting to push up against 2008, uh, you know, nine global financial crisis uh, level. So it's just more of a, you know, be aware warning. Okay. Uh, for the potential of the economy to run hot, Lizanne, to kind of put this uh, all together ahead of inflation tomorrow, what's the potential that we could get data points like these that are strong, better than expected, and not generate or reinflate our CPI or PCE numbers? So, you know, we continue to think in general the trend is disinflationary in most um, components of whether it's, you know, CPI, certainly in PPI and, and PCE. But we also don't anticipate that it's going to decelerate in some sort of smooth way. In fact, 
will we'll start soon to come up against base effects comparisons that get a little bit of tougher because of that first initial move off of last June's, you know, nine handle on CPI. So I think we need to be prepared for a print, I'm not suggesting this Friday, that maybe is a little bit unsettling, even if it's in the context of what is still generally uh, a disinflationary trend here, whether whether it sort of triggers literally or figuratively uh, the Fed, we'll, we'll have to see. And that's the beauty of things like the, you know, CME tool, is we can look on a minute to minute, day to day basis as to what the embedded market-based probabilities are for what the Fed's going to do at the subsequent meeting or meetings. All right. Uh, plot thickens uh, for sure, but uh, always helpful to have uh, good uh, frameworks that adapt and always appreciate uh, you laying those out for us, Lizanne. Uh, great to have you here this morning. Nice to see you. Thanks, Oliver. Lizanne Saunders. Likewise. Chief Investment Strategist at Schwab's Center for Financial Research.